Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our LinkedIn side space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, it's a beautiful morning in South Florida. Uh, We are telecasting, broadcasting, and getting out all over the world, so I hope it's also a beautiful morning where you are. It's uh, like uh, 68 degrees here, clear skies, couldn't be more perfect. Well, you heard the introduction, and uh, we are what we say we are. We're a show about how to buy or lease a car, maintain or repair a car in a intelligent, a consumer-friendly fashion. I've also worded it this way, how not to be ripped off by a car dealer. That, that tends to anger some people. Uh, It should, and I will say this in all fairness to the retail auto industry, things are getting better. I mean, we've been doing this show for 20 years, and I wouldn't be honest if I weren't saying that there are improvements. We see it in our mystery shopping reports that we do every week. I mean, that's pretty intense. I mean, we've we've got hundreds and hundreds of car dealerships we've visited, and we've even gone out of state. We've been all over the state of Florida. We focus primarily in Southern Florida. And I will say this, Southern Florida is the Dodge City of the auto retail industry. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a rough, tough place. Uh, the regulation in Florida is very loose. I hope uh, the Attorney General's listening. I hope all the regulatory agencies are listening. But we do have some laws on the books, and they're just not enforced. You can go online right now, and you can pick up a newspaper, you can turn in a TV broadcast, listen to a, watch a commercial, and you will see violations of the law. Now, where you have a violation of law, you should take some action, but it's not taken. And so with loose regulation and, and also shabby laws, uh, South Florida and Florida, the whole state of Florida, is uh, pretty much uh, a rough and tum- tumble for the consumer. You have to watch out. So this show started out aimed at Florida consumers, and we found out that a lot of states have problems. I know of no state that doesn't have issues with car dealerships. So when you're listening, if you're in Utah or Wyoming or uh, North Carolina, wherever you may be, uh, check your state laws and uh, be careful. Be careful out there. The car dealerships all over the world um, incentivize their people, both in the service department and in the sales departments, new and used cars, by commission. And it's based on the profit. There's nothing wrong with commission. A lot of businesses uh, work on commission. But when you base the commission on the profit that you make on the customer, then you tempt those with loose moral kind of uh, guidelines. When you allow the salesman 
either in the service drive or the sales drive to basically set the price. It should be set by the dealership, the business, and it should be set competitively so that, that dealer can compete with other dealers. Competition on the free marketplace is what allows you to get a good price on anything, whether it's a tube of toothpaste or a refrigerator or an automobile bill. But you walk into a car dealership and whoever happens to greet you probably has price control. Now you say, well, there's at least a sticker on the car, the MSRP. Well, that doesn't work either. You know, the law doesn't say you can't sell the car for more than sticker, and it happens a lot. Low supply, high demand car, cars go thousands and thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars over sticker. So if you're not educated, if you're not informed, if you're not prepared, Rick? I saw a recent post on Facebook where people were talking about GMC trucks are selling 5000 over MSRP right now. Great example. Yeah. Low supply, high demand. You get what you can get. Now, you can say that's free enterprise because a businessman is supposed to be able to sell his product for what he says. It isn't so much that fact. It's the fact that the educated consumer can go out and buy that same truck for less than that, a lot less than that. Now, not as much as he could if there were an oversupply of a vehicle, but that's okay. I think the cap should be the manufacturer's suggested retail price, MSRP. That's the Monroney label. Federal law, 1958, Senator Monroney put that into law. The sticker is supposed to be fully disclosed and it's supposed to be the suggested retail, and then you can negotiate down from that, or the selling dealer can price it lower. Anyway, I don't want to go into a long round about pricing. There's too many other things on the show. For example, maintenance and repairs. And that voice you heard earlier, Rick Kearney, is a certified diagnostic master technician. And this guy knows about all there is to know about automobiles and how to fix them and how to maintain them. So we encourage you to take this opportunity for two hours. We're here. Rick's available. You can call him right now at 877-960-9960. Write it down. You might not have a question now, but you will later if you listen long enough. 877-960-9960. Call the show. We try to give priority to telephone calls because we also have a text line. And we can wait a little bit on that and catch up later. We can't catch up on a phone call. We've only got three or four incoming lines, so we prioritize that we jump on those calls as quick as we can. Sometimes we drop the ball, I'll be honest with you, because this becomes a busy show. We build the momentum bills as we move along. Text number is 772-497-6530. And if that's not enough, <laughs> I mean, the conduits coming in for communication are really cool. I think we've done a good job on that. We can pat ourselves on the back. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Just the way it sounded, youranonymousfeedback.com. That's a URL that you can click on, and you can talk to us anonymously. We don't know who you are, where you are, say anything you want. You can ask for a reply, or you don't even want a reply. You can elect not to have a reply, or you can ask for the reply 
on the air. So if you got something that you're a little bit timid, you just don't want the invasion of privacy. A lot of people don't want that invasion of privacy. Your anonymousfeedback.com goes right to Stu's phone over there, uh, and uh, we will put it on the list along with the text input, and we'll answer that. So your calls make the show, and uh, Nancy Stewart sitting to my left, our co-host from the get-go, back in the old days, 20, 20 some odd years ago when we were a half hour show, and she has uh, built the show to a forum for the ladies too. I mean, it's no secret that ladies buy half everything, including automobiles, and if they don't buy it, they probably influence the purchase on a lot more. So very, very important out there, but somehow they got left in the lurch when it comes to car dealers. And um, they don't participate in the show, at least they didn't used to, until Nancy got on them, and then she came up with a offer you can't refuse. She made an offer to the ladies they can't refuse. I'm gonna leave that to Nancy to explain and tell you what's going on. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars. I'm here to take your calls, so don't waste any time. If you have a question, please give us a call at 877-960-9960. And uh, we have something here for everyone, as Earl said, and uh, for the uh, female caller uh, that we so encourage uh, to give us a call on Saturday mornings, please. Give us a call at 877-960-9960, and you can win yourself $50 if you are indeed a new female caller. And uh, that is for the first two lady callers. So take advantage of that this morning. And uh, also for you folks out there that are listening, uh, did your car make a, well, an unusual noise? Uh, for everyone, did you go into the dealership alone? Do you have any stories at all to share with us? We certainly would enjoy that. And uh, right now, uh, well, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Don't forget that if uh, you, well, don't want to give us a call or text us, you can text us at www.youranonymousfeedback.com. We're going to go back. We're going to go to the phones, and I see where we have Howard holding. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. I hope everything is fine with all of you. Beautiful day. And uh, my question is, uh, our comments is for Rick. Uh, concerning batteries, uh, I noticed that the, um, I have a 2017 Camry. The 2018 Camry has a different battery. And I, I believe that's 18, 19, and 20. Can you explain wh why the battery was changed? Actually, it's all the way through 21 so far. And right. they did increase the, they went to a, a different design of battery because Johnson Controls Incorporated changed their design. And they actually have a battery that is a same size physically, but it's higher output, has higher cold cranking amperage. So it's a, just a, an updated design, and the change just happened to come between the 17 and 18 model years. So it was an improvement, in other words. Absolutely. An improvement. Okay. So what would happen if uh, I took that battery and, and put it in my 2017 Camry, the 2018 uh, battery, and put it in the 2017? Would it fit? Uh, as long as the physical size will go in, which they should be the same physical size, uh, maybe a quarter-inch difference here or there, 
that'll fit in just fine and it'll work perfectly. So it it would be an improvement for my car then to put this uh, uh, the newer battery in. Is that correct? It might last longer than the original battery. Yeah, it probably would. It's probably yeah, but how much more expensive is it? Uh, now that's difficult to say because unfortunately, we don't get Johnson Control replacement batteries. Our replacement batteries actually come from uh, um, I want to say not Excite. Oh, I'm having a mind blank here, Stu. Not, not important. Yeah, they they come from a, a different battery company, and they supply us with the Toyota True Start batteries, which are what we use for warranty replacements. So that's all that we would have in stock. Uh, as for getting hold of that Johnson Controls Industry factory original battery, I really couldn't tell you how to go about that. There. Okay, so in other words, when I next year I'm going to need a battery. It'll be like five and a half years. If I come into your dealership and say, please put in the 2018 battery, would you do that? Unfortunately, we would not be able to. The only thing that we would have available uh, Jonathan just reminded there by Interstate is we have okay. the Interstate batteries that are the Toyota True Start. They're, they're made for us by Interstate. I got it. Okay, one other question. The battery I have now has, uh, has cells with uh, distilled water in it. You know, now, um, the question is, are they making batteries with uh, distilled water in each cell or... Uh, do they, uh, are all batteries now sealed? No, because the True Start batteries that we're getting do have vents and you can remove the caps and add water, distilled water to it. Okay, one question. Uh, if I don't have distilled water, can I boil water and use that water instead of distilled water? That'll work. That'll work. Well, let me, let me jump in there. Uh, uh, boiling water just kills the bacteria. Uh, what you want with distilled water is no minerals or other uh, stuff that could coat the anode and diode. The solutes, yeah. yeah. So you, you want to use the distilled water um, that is purer than boiled water. It's not about drinking, it's about how the battery will function. True. Okay, now I, I, I went into um, one of the uh, car stores, uh, I think it was O'Reilly, uh, and I asked for um, uh, a little... Uh, Reservoirs that I could fill the uh, each cell, and they don't have them anymore. So I had to get an eyedropper to fill the uh, cells. And it's, it, it used to have a certain thing that uh, was like a reservoir, and you would push it down, and it would uh, fill up the uh, each cell. Yep, I remember now, those. They, you remember those? They don't yep. sell them anymore. Now, because we all went to the simple answer: turkey baster. I bet you can find them on Amazon, Howard. Don't say turkey baster around Earl. No, no, he just gave me the answer. A turkey baster. Very good. Still having a flashback. I'm still in shock. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this is something else. Okay, so uh, thank you for your information. And as always, uh, I learned something today. Thank you. Thank Very you, Call again. Appreciate it. You're a great caller. Thank you. Yeah, Howard, uh, if you get a chance, pick up a consumer report where they have a lot of information about batteries and how you can save money and how you can choose the best battery. 877-960-9960. Uh, Give us a call with anything. There's nothing we can't answer right here at Earl Stewart on Cars. Now back to Stu. Hi. 
This is Stu. <laughs> I didn't know I was. Uh, that was a surprise. Boy, you're sharp this morning. You remember your name. That's I, good. Well, I'm glad. I didn't, yeah, exactly. Good thing I was paying attention. The only thing I have to report uh, this morning before we get on with the show and the text and everything is the mystery shopping report. Uh, so we this is this week will give you an example of why we got to keep going back to car dealers. So we were at this. Uh, well, I'll tell you, it's it's uh, off lease only in West Palm Beach. We were last there uh, last July in the summer, so like eight, eight nine months ago. And uh, we got a bunch of information. We followed it up with an interview with uh, Mark Fisher, who is the founder and owner of, of Off Lease Only. And, uh, he was the owner. He was the owner. That's, yeah. right. That's right. He sold out. And he's uh, on a mega yacht in the Indian Ocean right now. He's still got about 20%, I think. <laughs> he's in the Seychelles. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but... Um, um, and we had a great interview with them. We were talking about all sorts of things in the car business, especially about hidden fees and things like that. And also, uh, off lease only's business model, you know, and they will they they buy cars cheaper and they sell them cheaper. And uh, there's a lot of controversy with that. And uh, after the show, uh, we we've continued to get um, some hate mail <laughs> about our endorsement of off lease only. And I, I think a lot of it is maybe there's some education uh, that needs to be put out there, and that's what we're here to do. We're, we're going to educate. But we also learned some stuff that wasn't so great either. So let's see. It's a mixed bag. And uh, you tell us how you, what you think after the, after, after the mystery shopping report. And that's all I got. Well, how about some text? Let's get to the text. Okay, let's do it. Um, we'll start over here with our uh, uh, kickoff text every week. It's Anne-Marie. And Anne-Marie has a, uh, a kind of a follow-up from last week. And last week she was talking about... Um, the key fobs and getting uh, having somebody break into your car. So here's what she says. Good morning. Here's a quick repack, recap from last week. I had a friend whose wallet was stolen, so I tried to ask about everything could want to know about keys and key fobs. So here's her final questions. And I think a lot of these will be, you know, Rick-type questions. Uh, can one accidentally lock their key fob in a car like a regular key? If so, can AAA still get the vehicle open? We'll do this rapid fire. No, you cannot lock the key fob inside the car. It's electronically prevented. AAA can still open it by means of mechanical uh, lock picking mm -hmm. going down through the window and stuff like that. Yep. That's right, and I've tried that. So if your key is sitting on the seat and you hit the lock, it, the lock will lock and open right back yep. up. Um, number two, a recent news story said police caught some guys with equipment that intercepts the signal from a key fob, which can enable them to steal a vehicle. What's the range of a key fob signal? Uh, depending upon where the key is sitting in the interference it can be anywhere from 25 to 30 feet or quick trip for anybody or quick tip for anyone if you're in a parking lot trying to spot your car hold the key fob underneath your chin and you can hit up to 70 to 100 feet especially oh, if you're six five it, yep. it works on your forehead too yep you basically you're turning your your body into an antenna yeah. right yeah That's it's really strange it's kind of cool i mean yeah. it's a, you know just I, I had to quit doing it because people thought I was retarded. And it really worked because, so you all don't know, Earl, Earl's sitting down, but he's six foot five, so he's got a really, he's like, like a radio tower. So yeah, when, he, he when he does that, he's unlocking cars down the street. Yep. <laughs> um, let me ask you a question, Rick. Is with the new security features in the mo more modern key fobs and smart keys, aren't there rolling codes so a interceptor is not something that's really use usable on those things? I. The problem is that those interceptors, which they are very rare, they're expensive, they're hard to come by. And so it's, it's not like every you know, car thief on the street, everybody out there has them. Right. These are like a one in a hundred thousand case. 
But there are those that, yes, if they can get your key signal, they can, they will roll along with it. Okay. And they will have a short window of opportunity that they can access your car. That's, that's disturbing because I think my garage door opener has the same uh, rolling code technology. So I guess the same equipment yeah. could be used on that if somebody wanted it, to get it. There is the potential. <laughs> but you know, again, you know, that sort of equipment is hard yeah. to get. Yeah, people that worry about these things are just, uh, you know, you need to you know, loosen up right. and relax. I mean, if a, if a crook wants to steal something, he'll right. figure out a way. They'll, they'll hack your computer. They'll hack your smart key, yeah. and you just got to relax right. because well, the odds are against it. Not, right. Most yeah. people are are like are more worried about the scariest possibility, not the most probable probability. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so don't yeah. worry yeah. about it. No yeah. one's going to. You know, it. there's nothing more startling than to go park your car, go in uh, to the store. Earl and I. This has happened several times, and uh, to come out, use your remote to open the car, and lo and behold, it's someone else's car. <laughs> uh, that would be very disturbing. Earl? Unless yeah, it's a nicer has, car. That hasn't happened in a long time. I think that... Uh, are, you, are you serious? It just happened just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. We were you you drove home in the wrong car. You don't remember that? Oh. We, we were in Tequesta. <laughs> and uh, you said, oh, that doesn't look like my stuff in the car. Right. I says, it isn't. You're like, that's a Camaro. <laughs> okay. Uh, Emery goes on and says, please recommend that you lock your vehicle with your fob while standing next to your car to keep the bag guys with technology for intercepting your signal and stealing your car. Don't click your fob unless you're next to your car. It's not only realistic. I've come out of a store and run the parking. I'm not clicking my fob, um, trying to find it. Seems to me if I'm unlucky, the bad guys with the right technology could find and steal my car before I get there. Um, I'm going to just reiterate what we just said. Yes, they, they, they could, but they're not going to. Yeah, so. you know, Anne-Marie, I love you, and I know that you, you know, I think there's a certain curse to being so smart. Because you, you're right, you know these things. Every possibility. And, and, and of all the other things you have on your mind, I would say that, uh, you know, I, the odds, I, I'm, I'm a statistic, statistics and probability guy, and I look at odds. Me too. And I, I, a lot of people don't think that way, but I do. But, yeah, I can get hit by lightning. Uh, I can, uh, I can uh, have a negative reaction to a vaccine. I can have, uh, there are a lot of things that can happen. But as long as the odds are over a million to one, I don't sweat it. Right. You know. You're pretty good at a hundred thousand to one too. Don't, if you don't think sweat. About it. Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's too much big stuff you got to worry yeah, about. Get on the plane. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Light up that smoke. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Let's yeah. jump over to Brian. Wait, do we have any calls? I just want to. Uh, you know, I have to interrupt you because I want to read a text, and it's from Andrew. And uh, thank you for listening to Earl Stewart on Cars, Andrew. And thank you for the text. Uh, I'd like to read this to our audience. You mentioned women by 50% of vehicles, actually probably 70%. My wife, as many other ladies, significantly contribute to the decision of what vehicles to buy and who will sell us the car. We have walked away many, many times from a deal because my wife felt, well, he says uncle with the sales team, manager, finance people. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for uh, joining uh, us here at Earl Stewart on Cars and putting that information in a text. So I'm gonna take advantage of this moment and tell the ladies, I remind you, please give us a call with any question at all, or just to say hello, $50 for the first two new lady callers, 877-960-9960.
And uh, don't forget uh, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. We'd love to hear from you. And we'd love to hear from some volunteers. Earl came up with, uh, it, well, he was inspired, you know, by the vigilantes, uh, all of the other things, all the other ideas that he's come up with. And uh, because, I'm going to say what, it was like 1998. Uh, whenever the uh, internet exploded and uh, Google came about. So uh, in this day and age and how you can go to the internet, there's a lot of seniors, a whole lot. This is a melting pot here in Florida for seniors. And uh, we implore you to join us, volunteer to help uh, the seniors buying uh, leasing, uh, get service, uh, maneuvering their way around the internet. And uh, there's a lot of savvy people that are listening to us right now. So uh, look into that at Earl on Cars and see if you can help not only us, but the seniors out there. Now back to Stu. All right, we got a text from Brian in California. And uh, we'll start, start off as, hey guys, Brian from California. Today, April 17th, is World Mustang Day. And I have a question for Rick in regards to my 2018 Mustang GT. My car has a six-speed manual transmission, and there's always been a little bit of transmission wine. Most manuals have uh, a little. Over the last week, my transmission wine has gotten way louder in first through third gear. And there's no wine in fourth through sixth gear or in neutral. I took it to my Ford dealer, and he did a 15-minute test drive with their lead master tech. He was polite and attentive, but said the amount of wine my car had was normal. I asked why mine had gotten louder over the last few days. He says he wasn't sure. He told me obviously he makes a living on repair jobs, so if he thought there was a problem, he'd be the first to investigate. He went on to say that he's been at this dealership for more than a decade and I can trust him. They told me I had nothing to worry about, but I'm not quite satisfied because I feel like there's something wrong. I've driven the car for one and a half years and it's been the same up until a few days ago. Only 17,000 miles on it, and the car still shifts perfectly fine in any gear. Any idea on what I should look for or what direction to take on this? <coughs> Thanks for everything, guys. Yeah, if you've got an increased noise, I would go check a different Ford dealer because it sounds to me like they're trying not to open a can of worms on what might be a case where Ford warranty is going to argue with them about whether or not to replace it. Um, I have another thought. Um, I see this all the time with um, our customers. And uh, when you measure a problem with a diagnostic machine, it's usually pretty accurate if you paid enough money and got the good machine. Right. But when you diagnose something with your senses, be it smell, hearing, or it's, whatever. It's subjective. Every, well, it's not only subjective, but it's, it's everybody hears differently. Right. And uh, you can take 10 technicians and you give them a hearing test, and the variance in frequencies and ability to hear very convincing. This technician, Brian, that you took it to, he is paid on commission, and he would have an incentive to, to help you and fix it if he, if he thought there was a problem. He's probably an honest guy, but honest people sometimes have a hearing problem. I would, I'm honest, I have a hearing problem. Uh, get another technician, and nobody likes to admit they have a hearing problem, you just say, I'd like another technician. Who's the second best tech? And I do this all the time in my dealership because a customer calls up, complains sincerely about a rattle or a noise, and he's, they're told in our service drive, uh, we test drove it, we don't hear anything. 
Well, then somebody else test drives it, guess what? They do hear something. So especially those types of uh, sensory detections, have them checked by somebody else. Yeah, that, that, that's why I would suggest if, if not they're another dealership, especially go for a ride with them yeah. if, if they'll allow it. I know COVID right now has Bingo. some issues there. That is very important to go because if you say to somebody in the car, there's the whine, he says, what whine? Then you know either you have a hearing problem or he has a hearing problem. Right. Chances are he does. Uh, because the wine's intermittent, it only comes in fourth and you know, gear or whatever. So, yeah, always go with the technician. If the technician can't hear it, get another technician and try another test drive. I've, I've had times that I've driven customer cars, could not hear the noise they were talking about. I get the customer, and they, it just, the way they happen to drive the car, suddenly the noise appears. I'm like, oh my, well, I wasn't doing it that way. There you go. So that's why if you drive the car, you show them the noise that you're looking for. And because I actually had one a years back that I spent hours chasing what I thought was the noise. And I went after something the customer hadn't even heard. Mm -hmm. And then they showed me their noise like, oh, well, I could have had that fixed in 10 minutes. Real good point. Uh, We are going to go back to the phones and talk to uh, John who uh, lives up there in Palm City, and we love hearing from him. He always has some great information to share with us. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Anne-Marie hit the nail on the head. Right on the local news in Port St. Lucie, a regular policeman at the Sheriff Department was patrolling a hotel parking lot. It's at I-95 and accessibility, and what he discovered on just for routine patrol, two men, they showed the equipment on TV, it looked like a home computer, the size of that, and what the key fobs, here's what they were doing. They had key fobs from Lincoln's, Ford's, Honda's, and it's not to steal the car so much, because at a hotel parking lot, people tend to leave their items, their goods in the car, and they were uh, breaking into the cars, with the key fobs, and let me tell you what they warned. The police said, if you stay close to your vehicle, as close as you can, this equipment will not work. So that's what this suggestion was. Do not try and open your car from a distance or a couple of cars away, as you discussed earlier, and that would avoid that problem. But again, it's not so much these two men of stealing the automobiles, it's using this equipment and to break in and stealing whatever items are inside the car. So that's a good news for people just to avoid that and use that key fob closer to the vehicle as you can, and this equipment will not work. Good tip, John. I remember saying that. I'd forgotten about that. That cost the guys, yeah. News uh, about a week and a half ago. Yeah. And that's another thing I want to mention, too, which is uh, good news for uh, used car dealers or new car dealers, but an increase in March of 27% of used cars across the board. That's quite an increase in the month of March. Unbelievable. Yes, definitely. They're in demand and they're selling and it's really hard to get a good used automobile and um, people now are searching because naturally with the price of a new car, Mm. used cars are probably the best buys that they've ever been in history. And another thing to mention with that, uh, also, just the exact of today, 
gasoline is exactly a dollar seven a gallon higher than it was at this date last year. So, wow. you know, people Creeping are observing. They're careful, especially with SU vehicles. Uh, people are demanding now more of two-wheel drive than four-wheel drive because we don't really need the four-wheel drive that much in Florida. And naturally, uh, Rick will confirm it. The two-wheel drive is better on gasoline per miles than a four-wheel drive. Yep. Another question for Earl. Earl, a brand-new car that you can made in America, you can't even buy it. There's a two-year waiting list. I mean, if dealer would have one, it's way, way above the MSRP. Can you guess what the car is? Corvette? Yes, you got it. Hey, right on the button. Good guess. They can't make them. They're shortage of parts, and it's impossible. Uh, the used car market, a brand-new one, you know, or with low mileage on it, is going through the roof with pricing. The car is in demand. It's the first year with the uh, mid-engine, uh, you know, uh, drive, and they just can't be gotten. Yeah, it's that's a waiting list beyond belief. It could go up for two years, and it's unbelievable that a car in America, made in America would be in such demand. Now, Chevrolet's very smart. They keep that low supply. You can pretty much, it's a great car, don't get me wrong. Corvette, I mean, what a gorgeous car, and uh, high performance <laughs> and quality. Uh, but uh, they don't sell that many. I mean, uh, if they had to live off Corvette, uh, they wouldn't. They'd be broke. They make their money off their big trucks and big vans and SUVs. And and the Corvette is an image car, and people talk about it just like we are right now. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, people pay all the money for that new Corvette, and but not to, not very many people, unfortunately. Well, it's as you mentioned earlier. There's no limit to somebody that they can pay above the MSRP. Yeah. And this is a perfect example. Exactly. You just can't get them at all. Impossible. Yeah, it's like a collector's item. You keep on the, yes. keep a Corvette long enough, you sell it for more than you paid for it. Absolutely. I followed it from when they first came out in 1953. Yeah. Never owned one, but I, I can follow it. <laughs> well, thank you, John. You're, you're a great caller. I really appreciate it. Okay. Looking forward to the shopping report. Thanks, John. Well, it's amazing uh, what has happened with the Corvettes. Uh, there are a lot of people that I know that are waiting. Um, I would say that most of them are men, and uh, the way that they explained it to me is that they were going through a midlife crisis, mm -hmm. and they kind of giggled, uh, but they, <laughs> they, they. Uh, I uh, don't care how long it's going to take, but they're going to wait for that Corvette, and they're driving a Corvette. Yeah, so I went to, I went to the it same looks like crisis. a terribly I had a Corvette for a while. I, I had to have a Corvette. I remember you brought a Corvette home. Yeah, yeah that, uh, I've didn't sat have a back in them. Seat. They're, they're really uh, uncomfortable. Anyway. I'll tell you one thing. I'm glad there's not too many of them on the road because they're one of the few cars that can uh, beat my car, and, and I don't want them ruining my, mid <laughs> my, li mid my midlife crisis, so let me enjoy it. <laughs> okay, uh, I think that we're going to go to Rick. I see his little... YouTube sign down there. Little lead two flags well, going on. I've got an interesting one here. Um, negative one, our friend from out in Arizona says, good morning. Consumer alert, I recently found out that Carfax is reporting minor damage for parts that a consumer buys through a dealership using a VIN number. Example, taillights or, gr or the grill. He says, my friend was recently trading in his vehicle and his Carfax showed minor damage. He was never in an accident. 
He bought a new grill because he wanted to paint it a different color, but because he went to the dealership and used the VIN number to ensure the correct part, which is standard procedure, it was reported to Carfax. Wow. Uh, and this was through a Ford. Ford's system is also reporting to Carfax missed oil changes and missed tire rotations. Is that right? Yeah, oh. I, I have mm. a thought on that. I know that years ago, um, Carfax opened up reporting from dealerships so they can hook in. So, any, so service records would appear in the Carfax report. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if it's an algorithm that interprets like a replacement of a part that's not a oil filter or something like that. It triggers something that something that damage must have occurred. But I do know that you can appeal to Carfax. So, and I'm not. You probably have to go to the website. I would say to this, uh, the the person who gave the message and see if you can't clarify that with the dealership's records because that will hurt the value of the car and um, and it, clearly that wasn't, that's uh, not right. Yeah, we had, a, exactly. we, we had an incident with Carfax that uh, reported damage and uh, there was, or there did not report damage right. and there positively was damage. Uh, so yeah, it's, Carfax isn't perfect and uh, this is interesting. So a part actually installed on a car, uh, the VIN numbers of parts that are defective well, it's it's not a defective part. The guy he wanted to buy a grill for his Ford oh, okay. the fact that the grill because he was wanted replaced. to paint it yeah. to oh, make okay. it appear different, so change, change the I look. See. I see. Yeah. And Carfax shows it as accident damage, yeah. which, yeah. you know, technically that diminishes the value of the car, mm. like Stu said. And that was just the point that Negan Munn was making. Mm. Yeah. So it should be able to resolve it. it. There's let's, an 800 number you can contact and let's, go to. Let's let's verify that. that. That sounds like a stretch to me, and I'm not questioning. I'm sure the uh, the YouTube uh, person. Uh, well, if you could text us the VIN number, um, we can do a little research, and I'll yeah. look on the Carfax report, and, and you know if there's anything we can do. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. there's an error, we can we can. We, we, we can don't help. want to badmouth Carmax if it's not true. So. Carfax. Carfax. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's too many. Yeah. They're too close. Okay, uh, we're going to go back uh, to the phones for a moment, and we're going to talk to Marty. Welcome back, Marty. Hi. How are you? Well, thank you. Good. I wanted to tell you a couple points. A couple weeks ago, you had a mystery shopper report on Al Hendrickson, Toyota. No. No. And I have to agree, everything you said in there was absolutely correct. They're a very tough dealership to work with, but if, if you don't mind it, and I personally don't mind it, can get a good deal there, but you have to be persistent and you have to have the time and you have to be willing to walk out. Like I've, my last deal that I made there, I had to walk out four times in the same four hours. <laughs> so it's, and as far as them, your place is like the Taj Mahal and theirs is like going back, I don't know what year that place opened, but it looks like they haven't put 10 cents into it since it opened. Is that right? I didn't realize that. Yeah, if you if you ever go down, if you ever take a ride down there, yeah. the place is a dump, you know. Well, they're a huge volume store, Marty. I know you know what? this, but they're, they're they're like in the top, uh, they're, what are they, number two or three now? They're number three right now. Three in sales in the yeah. whole USA. The world. Oh, oh yeah. World, well, yeah. They, they will, but you got to be willing. First of all, you got to know your stuff. You got to be persistent, and you, you can get a good deal. Sure. Now, maybe oh, yeah. it's the time of the month, or whatever. But uh, they, but they're tough. They're tough there. 
If you're if you're really if you're really good like you are, Marty, you're a tough guy. You're a you're a gunslinger, and uh, yeah. and you go down there. You you not only get a good price, you get a, a extremely good price, because they have uh, what every consumer needs to understand when they're shopping for a car. They have competitive fever. Al Hendrickson wants to be number one in the United States. Right now, they're number three, and uh, they're making so much money down there, they can afford to sell cars below cost if they have to. So if you're really smart and really tough, you can go to Al Hendrickson Toyota and buy a car for less money than you can buy it from just about anywhere. But if you're not. If you're not, <laughs> if you're not, then God help you because people will go down there and pay their hidden fees, which are the highest hidden fees in Florida. Thousands and thousands of dollars in hidden fees. So it's, their, their, their profit comes from the average. Marty goes in there and he buys a car for no profit, There's and money. then the little old lady goes in there right behind him, buys the same car, and pays him eight or nine thousand dollar profit. So that's the way things are at Al Hendrickson Toyota. It's the, the truth speaks, and it's you know, if you're smart and you really, really know what you're doing and you don't mind, you just heard Marty, uh, how many times you go back and forth the same day? Three times? Yeah, three, four times. Yeah. <laughs> going up and down the stairs. A lot of people. <laughs> stair, stairwell there. Oh, you're a tough guy, Marty. I tell you, it's really great that you. Uh, yeah. I, I got one other question that maybe Rick can answer. Yeah. On my 2020 Camry, uh, I was getting the text on the screen so you could read the text and you press read and, uh, you know, you, they read it to you. So all of a sudden it stopped coming in. And I stopped at his, uh, I stopped in your service department and the service advisor says, well, we got to take it in and we you may need a new radio. I said, now look, I said, I don't need a new radio. I said, I can tell you that. I said, I just need somebody that can play around between the iPhone and the car and get it to work. So mo nobody in the service department, they didn't send me to anybody in the service department in order to get, uh, get it fixed. They sent me over to sales. And most of even the salesmen don't know how to do it. But fortunately, again, I'm persistent, and I found the right guy in the sales department that came out to the car and it took him about 15, 20 minutes, but he got it to get back on the screen. So my question to Rick is, do they know anything about iPhones and the, and, and the car system in your service department? Unfortunately, a lot of our guys really are not up to snuff on it, simply because, well, some of them use Android, so they're not familiar with iPhones, but that's, that's not really the thing. It's, Mechanics are generally, we're wrenches and sockets. Okay. A lot of our guys are just not right there with the electronics and the, shall I say, the media, the multimedia yeah, systems. Yeah, you guys are great with electronics, but just the phone, the multimedia thing. In our dealership and, and I think in, in every Toyota dealership that the um, hooking up of that stuff is, is does go to the sales and it's usually done like when you get the car then the people that are uh, really proficient in it, we use them. Uh, if somebody comes in the service with an issue like that, well, yeah. Stephanie or Patricia, who are just excellent with it, just do it because they're faster. And it doesn't require a repair or, or a charge or anything right. like that. Right. It's just something. Right. It's, it's a specialist position. That like is a something that thing. requires someone 
with special training to handle that. <clears throat> okay. Well, you know, on the screen itself, if you go to like notifications and everything on your screen, there was a button that I pressed when I first put it on there, yep. and it was in real light uh, print, and it wouldn't press. You, you couldn't get it. Yep. It, you know, it's like locked up or whatever. So the, the, the salesperson that actually fixed it for me was playing around with my phone for, I guess, a good 10 minutes and got the thing to work again. So yeah. I just wondered if... Your grandson could have probably figured it out too, Marty. <laughs> That's right. It's a matter of youth and high, and high tech and people that are raised in it and born to it and they, they buy the products and they understand the products. Uh, and you go to anybody else over 40, they're not going to be able to answer your question. You'll send your grandson, yeah. Eli, over there next time. Exactly. Yeah. Eli will fix it for you. I'll have him do it the next time. All right. All right well, Thanks, thank Marty. You. Have a good day, and you've you got a great show, and your dealership is a great dealership. Thanks, Marty. It sounds like as if you've got a lot of virtues and uh, knowledge, persistence, patience. It takes all of that and more to go into these dealerships today. We're going to send Jax. He's uh, nine months old now. He's getting and our I great, promise you. Our great-grandson. Yes. And I, I think that uh, he minutes. can take care. <laughs> Five minutes to get it done. <laughs> he can take, he take care of the yet. issue. He can't speak completely, but he can use an iPhone, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, Marty, right. thanks so much. Uh, ladies. Right, have a great day. You're Bye-bye. welcome. Uh, you have a great day also. Ladies, uh, we still have a whole lot of time. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And the reason I give that uh, invitation exclusively to the ladies is because the first two ladies, you can win yourself $50. And don't forget, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Anyone notice Earl's hat that he's wearing today? It's great, a great-looking hat. That's Earl's Vigilantes, and there, too, is one of Earl's great ideas, and that uh, was inspired also by his ideas. And uh, to ask you, um, you don't have to change an engine, let's put it that way, but you can help us out, and you can help the people in your community, and uh, you can become a Vigilantes by just signing up. I'll tell you more about that later. Right now, we've got a call from Scott in Boca. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, people. (laughs) Good morning. Uh, Welcome back. Thank you very much. Uh, So earlier, you guys were talking about smells and stuff like that, and it jogged my memory. Um, I have a uh, 2011 Honda Fit, and... When I roll up the ramp coming up on the 95, coming up the speed, and not always, but every once in a while, I hear I have a smell, and it kind of smells like, I don't know, burnt hair. Hmm. I was well, wondering if any of you guys might have a clue, because I don't. <laughs> might be a mouse. Is that a stick shift or, or an rac- automatic? Raccoon. It's an auto. Um, hmm. I did actually open up and look for furry animals and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, didn't find anything. Uh, I thought maybe it was something, you know, when you're coming up to speed, maybe it's getting hot, burning off oil or something, but it just, um, strange smell. And it's not always. Not I just, always. I just had a, I just had a, a, you know, when you think of something funny and it's too late, how about this? Rewind the tape. 
Have you seen your cat recently? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, please don't say that. No. Or no. missing any patches of hair. Oh, you guys, you guys are giving me flashbacks here. No. From horrible, horrible anyway, I'm lines. sorry, that was I think, I think there was a famous no, line no. from The War of the Roses. No. That no. poor oh, cat. Yeah. No, oh, my God. Oh, this is bad. I remember that. Uh, my first thought actually is the possibility. The reason I asked if it was. Oh, oh do please. No. <laughs> we won't even go there with, with opossums. No. Uh, I, no, I've had the, the smell you described. No. I was thinking maybe a slipping clutch, but that would be only on a, a stick shift. Um, I would wonder: is there a possibility maybe one of your brakes is starting to hang up a little bit and starting to build some heat, and that would also cause a little bit of an odor, especially when you're on an on ramp on 95. It's as you're going around that corner, it's going to put pressure on the one wheel where the brake may be dragging a little bit creating a lot more heat, and that would cause that odor to co come in. I would have somebody check your brakes to see if they might be dragging a little bit, just just to be safe and sure. And of course, the easy way is they well, simply- Rick, let's uh, rewind the tape to your early suggestion. Test drive the car with somebody and make that smell occur. You said going up the ramp on 995, let him right. smell it too. Because well, that... instead of going in there and say, check my brakes, have him yeah. smell what you smell. The, the only concern with that, right. it may be a little difficult where we're all wearing masks. I've noticed I, I don't smell much of anything anymore with the mask on. <laughs> just just a, a thought that. that direction, but that's that's where I would go with it. Right, and as you guys were earlier saying, though, it's not always replicable. Because, um, like I said, I've noticed it maybe once or twice, or, you know, it's not like I smell it every time. You know, I go to I go up 95 to go to work every day. Uh -huh. So it's like every once in a while I'll smell it, and I'm like, what the heck is that? That's the hardest thing to find, diagnose, and I don't care where you take a car, if you have an intermittent problem, that can't be duplicated. You're just going to have to suffer until. Is it? Yeah. Is it the same on ramp each time? Uh, pretty much. I mean. Mm -hmm. I wonder yeah. if it's something just local in that area. There might be a pep crematorium like on the corner there. Hmm. Okay, we're getting we're doing a Sherlock Holmes <laughs> thing. So. That's an idea. At least maybe next time, if I do smell it, I'll roll down the window and mm. see if it's outside and not inside. Hmm. That that's what I would try. That's a good idea. Well, thank you very much, everyone. Wear your mask, stay safe, and thank you very much for all that you do. Great. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Thank you from all of us. 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530-www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to Stu. I have an important thing to announce before I jump back into the text. Uh, it was triggered when Nancy brought up Earl's uh, vigilantes, Earl's Earl's vigilante hat that he's wearing right now. Um, we have our first vigilante success story that I have to report on. Oh, great. And it was Yay. textbook, and uh, the credit goes to our vigilante in Maryland. This is Robert, and Robert was, what, I think, our first or second. He might be our first vigilante to, uh, to volunteer, and the cool thing was the, the person, an elderly, elderly woman who needed help, found out about Earl's Vigilantes on nextdoor.com, which is a social media network for neighborhoods. And, you, you know, you're like, you know, where do I uh, find yeah. a good window yeah. cleaner and things like that? Yeah. So it was a recommendation to this woman 
and she reached out to Robert, and the thing is uh, really cool. It sounded good enough to her. She thought there was a fee, and Robert assured her that this was a free service. So I want to reiterate, reiterate that to everybody who's listening. This is free. We're not. This is not a. Uh, not, this is completely just out of the goodness of the, our listeners' hearts who want to help us in our, the mission with our show. And Robert did that. So uh, she sent Robert a very detailed email of what she's looking to get. She's looking for a Subaru. She's terrified, and she's overwhelmed with it. Robert's response sounded like it could have come from Earl Stewart himself. Um, he touched on all the best advice that we, we talked about and condensed it, tailored to her, did research for her, sent her links to vehicles in her price range, gave her the ca- cautioner on the pitfalls um, when she follows up on those uh, those uh, listings, and uh, he did it as good as we could have done. And I want to thank you, Robert, wow. for being the first one. I hope by listening to this, people see this is for real, and if you were hesitant before and you wanted to help, find out your go to earlsvigilantes.com or go to earloncars.com you're going to find it going both places and uh and look for a, a, a vigilante in your area let's send robert a copy a free copy of confessions of a recovering car dealer he may already have a copy but it'll be an extra copy mm-hmm. and i'll autograph it that's right autograph copy of confessions of a recovering car dealer and uh you can either use it yourself robert or you can give it to a friend and uh, thank you so much. Yeah. That'll be the the, the Vigilante uh, Above and Beyond Award. Yeah, that's fantastic. Good job, yeah. Robert. And, yeah, fantastic. Uh, yeah. And we need to get the contact information so we can mail the book. Do we have it? Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mailed him a hat already. Oh, that's right, of course. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, listen to that story. Is that a great story that's great? Yeah. Just shared with all of us. And uh, if you're tired of these car dealers and their dishonesty, we can all work together. Mm-hmm. All of us can work together, and there's proof right there. And remember that all great story copies, in Maryland. All sales of confessions of recovering car dealer go to BigDogRanch.com, and uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> What a great bar. I got to tell you, I've been I mean, I got a lot of respect for Rick for his knowledge, but that's one of the greatest dog barks I've ever heard. It is. It's, it's, it's gotten better. Practicing. Yeah, I, it wasn't a few years ago, wasn't that good? Yeah, that's not electronic, folks. That's Rick over here barking. Oh, man, you messed me up. I was just going to ask our audience who work, they you're thought have to work on the pants, was making though. that barking, that great barking noise. So you just gave it away. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and as you can see we're having a whole lot of fun here and sharing a whole lot of knowledge uh, with you uh, you know uh, when Scott was uh, mentioning uh, all that information about his car and what was going on um, I often wonder if most people that have a problem with rodents or you know, uh, cats or, or whatever, do they store their car during the winter? And Rick, I, I, think, I think you can answer my question. Um, is it more prevalent whenever you store your car uh, opposed to, you know, driving all year round? Because uh, this uh, rodent situation is much greater, I think, than anyone thinks. It's big enough that Consumer Report did an article on these uh, rodents and how they have to you know keep their teeth uh, sharpened and so on and so forth and they just love to chew well here's the answer is the the problem is trying to get away from fossil fuel petroleum being used in making plastic which is what we coat the wires you know when they 
put the insulation on the wires, they're actually using now soybean yeah. to create that plastic coating on the wire, the insulation. And of course, the rats and mice love the soybean. They do. They also love it's that nice, warm, it's also good cozy them. engine. Soybeans are <laughs> it's, it's very, very healthy for them. Yeah. But they also love that nice, cozy, warm engine compartment, which also cats do as well. So when it's cold out in the, at night, they'll keep an ear out. You may have a kitty cat up there, too. Mm. Unfortunately, rats and mice can cause wiring damage massive amounts overnight. They don't need to. Your car doesn't need to be stored. Your car can be parked just from 7 o'clock in the evening, and by 7 o'clock the next morning, it may not run because of they may get in there and start chewing on things. That fast. Amazing. Um, as silly as this sounds, mothballs actually can help chase them away. Mm -hmm. uh, other things that I've heard is people will spray uh, pepper spray, little bits of it. Not the actual stuff you're using, but they get like peppermint, pepper oil or peppermint oil. And they'll this spray a, that this, on various parts of the engine. A, ba a bagel discussion right now, right? It's yeah. getting close to it, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's almost <laughs> making me hungry. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, they're, the manufacturers are working on this. Honda even came out with a special tape that they will wrap on certain wires to try to keep the rats away that is actually has uh, capsaicin red pepper impregnated in it and it's specially marked with yeah. a symbol so that any technician that sees it knows to wear gloves <laughs> Because Thank you, you get that much. on your hands Thank and you touch your much, face, Thank oh, you. you're in trouble. Thank yeah, you very much. I, I read, let's, move, let's move along. I read how severe the problem was yeah. in the Consumer Report. Thanks for that, Rick. I appreciate yep. it. Now back to Stu. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna. Uh, I had a joke, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna share it with you guys. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Now let's back some some texts. Uh, this is from Ernesto. Uh, he says, good, "Stu, good afternoon. I hope you're well. This came in yesterday. I have an idea for the mystery shopping report." On the show, it's been mentioned uh, people pay different prices for the same car. I was thinking maybe send uh, Agent Thunder and Lightning to buy the same car, not necessarily the same VIN at the same dealership on the same day. Um, one is a well-informed customer and one is a not as well-informed customer to see the price difference. What do you think? I hope you have a great day. We actually did that in October. Um, it was Wallace Chrysler Dodge Jeep. So um, we sent, um, it wasn't the same day. They were the following days, but they bought this, tried to buy the same car. And I believe Agent Lightning got the better deal, which we were surprised because we thought that um, she might have been victimized or, or targeted uh, because she was a woman. Um, it turned out but that it's still a great idea, and um, we will do it again. It's just a, it makes it a little bit harder to manage the two, but we'll, we'll get it done and, and report another. But if you want to see what happened, you can go to EarlOnCars.com. Uh, just check out the archive mystery shopping reports. And uh, you can you can read what what happened, or you could probably go on our YouTube channel. I'm, I'm imagining Jonathan, you probably have those posted on YouTube.com forward slash Earl and Cars, and you can watch the uh, watch the report as if it was live. Okay, I'm going to interrupt you for some breaking news. Ooh. We have a first time female caller. Good morning. Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars. Is it Lola? Lolly. Lolly. Good morning and welcome. You just won yourself fifty dollars. I love it. Thank you. What can we do for you this morning? Well, a friend of mine uh, asked me to ask you because she's shy. She has a twenty twelve Prius, and she uh, when she backs up, it makes that beeping noise, 
but it's really, really loud inside the car and not that loud outside. And she wanted to know if that was normal or if there's a way of making it quieter in the car because it's sure. really annoying. Yeah, controlling the volume. I think Rick can answer that. It is normal. That beep is there to let the driver know that they're in reverse. It cannot be adjusted volume. However, uh, your dealership can turn it from beep, 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 down to just a single beep when you put it into reverse. Therefore, it would only beep one time and then not beep again until you'd shift it out of reverse and back into reverse. That'll help. I love that idea. Cool. So she just needs to take it to her dealer? Yep. And ask them that she wants to have the reverse beep setting uh, turned down to just a single beep, and that can be done in the customized settings with the scan tool. How much does that cost, Rick? Uh, most dealerships do that for like a half hour labor. Some actually do it for free. If, yeah. you, if you're in for a normal service or something like that, a lot of places will just they'll just take care of it for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You get on the phone, you call two or three dealers and find one that do it for free. I can't imagine charging for something like that. So. But that's uh, the great information, right? Yeah, Lolly, thanks so much. You know, um, Earl and I have a few issues uh, with the Lexus and the Avalon where you have this really high pitch. And uh, oftentimes, as you said, it's annoying. You know, it really gets on your nerves. Uh, but I'm glad we could answer your question. And uh, your friend, uh, maybe you could encourage her to give us a call. But uh, for your, you know, I can't thank you enough oh, for. I will. I will. I can't thank you enough for talking for her. So you won yourself $50, and I can get that out to you if you uh, go ahead and give the control uh, room your information. And uh, that's Mike you're going to talk to. You just spoke with him. You have a wonderful okay, weekend. So give us a call again. Hold on, and he'll get back. Yeah, thank you. That's you're right. welcome. Now back to Stu. Okay. Um, I got one from Larry. It says, hey, it's Larry again. Any word uh, yet on when Toyota's electric vehicles will be sold in the U.S.? I'm so glad that you asked that question because I've been wondering myself. And um, recently, Toyota teased uh, a new all-electric vehicle um, that will be likely introduced, a 2022 model, uh, two of them, which will be introduced in the United States possibly by the end of this year. One's a um, crossover, one's a sedan. They're called the BV series, so they're going to call them like, and it stands for or BZ Beyond Zero. I also saw an interesting report that Toyota and Tesla may be getting together to build a joint electric vehicle. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, that, with Toyota's uh, production capabilities and Elon Musk Tesla knowledge, right? Hoo-hoo boy. They're also, as they said, by 2025, um, and for, this is for the for the nerds and the geeks out there. Um, they're they're going to be using a solid state battery. Um, which oh. is a way more efficient and also charges much faster and it's better than the, the lithium ions that are and that's lithium ion and most yes. of the yep. so uh, that's, that's really exciting that's by 2025 but as a, you know as you know we're, we're Toyota nerds ourselves so but it's really exciting because Toyota you know in my opinion made a big mistake by not getting on this bandwagon a little bit sooner but I'm glad they finally are they could have led the world in electric cars Mm-hmm. They might. They, they might still. Um, okay. I got some anonymous feedback. I'm going to jump over to. All right. Here's the question: If you give a fake email address and a fake phone number when asking for the out-the-door price online, then how on the earth can you get a response? I, uh, well, you know, I I saw that, and that was my fault. I think when I 
verbalized right, that. An alias email address. Yeah, an yeah, you, yeah, you get a free email address that you only use for the purpose of shopping for a car. So you get a free Yahoo or a, or a, um, a what Google. Google. Google uh, Gmail. Yeah, yeah there's uh, half a dozen out there that you can get free online. And you just don't use it for anything else uh, except for shopping for a car. That way, it's not going to invade your privacy, your personal life, or anything else. All right, cool. Um, actually, I just got a text from, from my brother, <laughs> from, from my brother Jason. And he just said something. He's listening to the show, and we were talking about the used car market. And uh, he just sent me a screenshot just to illustrate the example um, of one of a brand new uh, 2021 Tacoma double cab. Um, uh, it's being sold now for $32,000, a brand new one. And then the other screenshot was from a 2018 double cab, a two-year-old uh, vehicle with miles on it, being sold for about a thousand. It's got 30,000 miles. A thousand dollars more than the than the new one, and it's two years older with thirty thousand miles. So when that's you say being sold for. He's using actual data. Uh, tell him about the database we use for measuring the actual market sales prices. Um, well, he was. Um, well, you can look at that. There's a program that we use called V Auto that shows yeah, the average market that's, price. That's what I mean. Yeah, he didn't send it from that. He was just showing us. Uh, it was one of our vehicles that we have priced at thirty. Uh, a brand, brand new one's priced for $32,000 and then a used one yeah. somewhere else that was over $1,000 more than that. But that's just a good illustration of what's, what's going on here. Yeah. So if you've, got a, if you've got a used car and you don't need it, uh, you should shop that car right. around, talk to two or three dealers, talk to, v, talk to uh, Carvana, talk to Vroom, talk to CarMax, and uh, shop your car. If you don't need a used car, you're never going to get more money for it today. That's right. Uh, than you, I mean... Uh, six months from now, the price will be far less than it is right now. Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're, they're skyrocketing. Thanks for that information, Jason. Yeah. We appreciate it. Uh, we are going to go to, whoops, uh, we're not going to go back to the phones. We're going to go back to Stu. Sure. Uh, more anonymous feedback. You hear somebody yelling at you, Dad. I think it was from last week because we were talking about um, getting a unpopular color on your car can affect your resale value. So this guy, this has got an exclamation point. Earl, you are wrong about an unpopular collar on a common car. Will oh, would lower the trading value some? Oh, no, sorry, it will lower the trade some, but not two thousand dollars. Exclamation point. Well, uh, yeah, I respect your opinion. It might be if, if you're on a Lamborghini. Unfortunately, I know I'm right. So right. I, <laughs> we see it every day, and uh, uh, there is nothing. And, and we didn't even talk about what color. I mean, let's let's face it. If you have a family sedan, let's take you, let's take a, a luxury sedan or a regular sedan, and you you put an outrageous color on that vehicle. And, and remember, people can paint cars too, and they do. So you you, you have a luxury sedan and you paint it uh, bright purple, right, with stripes, and, and nobody wants to buy it. And the price is determined by what people will pay for a car. Now, I just also want to clarify, defending my daddy, you uh, <laughs> didn't say. That the wrong color will cost you two thousand dollars as it can. It depends on the car. You might yeah. it might cost you five hundred and one type of car. You get a higher end car, it could yeah. cost you ten thousand if you get the wrong you know, upper end Mercedes, possibly. So, it's uh, yeah, it's the point is to illustrate that it's a really important consideration when appraisers are looking at the vehicle because they want to find the broadest audience to resell that to. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely very very important mm -hmm. what color that you choose because you have to remember, you know, depreciation. And it comes in many forms. And that color, let me tell you what, I know a few people personally 
that have lost a lot of money by choosing something that's lime green or purple. Who wants that? It's like remodeling your apartment to your needs and then trying to put it on the market. It doesn't work. They have different yeah. needs. Another Rick? factor to consider, you see a lot of people will have their car painted with like that pearl paint mm -hmm. that does the color shift or the chromatic paint that changes colors almost entirely depending on the angle of the sun. Some of those paints will fade and deteriorate so fast that within two right. to three years, yeah. they look horrible. There's too much um, and, stuff mixed into the paint. Yeah, right. and you've just lost the original thousands of dollars that you spent on having that paint job done. And yeah. then, unless you're going to get it repainted, you've just lost more money on your resale, plus the fact that so many paint jobs, when they go to look at your car with a paint meter, you've just lost more money. So be careful if you Good. consider to do things like that. If you're going to keep your car you know, forever like I do, that might be a worthwhile thing. Different story. But if you're planning to trade and sell it after a few years, Good watch point, out with Rick. those. Good point. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones. We're going to go out to St. Louis where Glenn is calling us. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning. Welcome, Welcome to, to Earl Stewart on Cars. Love your show. Um, I've got a question for Rick that I, I imagine he has never been asked before. I'm um, intrigued. Well, okay, and, I, and I, I'm not expecting a lot because this is a Ford. I, just, I bought a Ford F-150 truck, and I know you guys love dogs. And I have, a, I have a beautiful lab that I love. And I have a farm a couple hours out of St. Louis, and so it's very common. I drive up here with my lab in the passenger seat. When I do, the entire way up, my seat felt like things like um, she's not buckled in. He's not buckled in, I'm sorry. Which is, you know, well, okay. But but then when I see my um, airbag light for the passenger side, it says it's off. So it seems like he's got enough weight to trigger the seat belt beeper. Yep. Yep. But not the airbag. Exactly. Um, child, child weight. How how heavy is your dog? Uh, he's probably sixty-five pounds or so around in there. So he's he's right in what we call the. He's like a third grader. Well, we we call it the smaller person zone. Um, any weight that you put on that seat that is more than about three to five pounds is going to activate the seatbelt light. Hmm. Almost any amount of weight. If you put a briefcase on your passenger front seat, it'll activate the seatbelt light and say, hey, you need a seatbelt on whoever that is. Oh, However, okay. because airbags can be very dangerous for children or small adults, really small adults, sitting in that front seat, below the weight of around 65 to 70 pounds, sometimes 75, depending on where the manufacturer sets that threshold, the airbag will not be activated. Glenn, you're not feeding your dog enough. <laughs> I was just, I was going to ask. It's a chihuahua, though. <laughs> May, as long as your dog is a happy, healthy weight, I will not agree with that one. But the, the quickest answer, if you just want to keep the seatbelt light off, go ahead and just buckle the seatbelt, which it should be attached anyways through a harness on your dog anyways if they're riding in the front seat, just for safety factor, because I'm... I love my dog, 
but she's a maniac, so I actually have to have a, a cage to keep her in the back seat. Oh no. Um, she's a nutcase. But yeah, that's that's simply that gray zone in between those weight parameters for turning on the airbag. So it's nothing to worry about. That's completely normal. I th I I thought it wasn't nearly as sophisticated. I thought there's little one little weight switch, and it would you know do both of the things. But um, no, they... I'm gonna I'm gonna try to add a little weight. I'll put something underneath him. Yeah, put an encyclopedia. And she and she is you know I'm not gonna put put him in a harness. I, or maybe I should. I don't know. Um, well, that's just that's just a personal thing, but. Uh, the easiest thing to do is, believe it or not, if you have it, uh, a couple of weights, like from a weightlifting set or from a, uh, a sandbags, a couple of sandbags that'll weigh, you know, that 40 or 50 pounds and increase that weight up closer to 100 pounds and you will see that light, will the airbag light will turn on. Well, Rick, I'm sorry, I didn't give you enough, uh, enough, uh, Credit? I didn't think you could, I didn't think you could help me, but you've been nothing but help, sir. Well, thanks for the call, Glenn. Thank St. Louis. I think that's our first call from St. Louis. Please call again, Glenn. Uh, I'd love, I'd, to, I'd, love I'd to hear from you. I'll call again. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You're welcome, Glenn. Hope to hear from you again. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, I have $50 here for the second new lady caller. We're waiting for you. Please give us a call, anything at all. If you'd like to talk, share your experience in the dealership, 877-960-9960. Now back to Stu. Okay, we got it. We have a text here um, from Michael in North Palm Beach. Um, he says, hi Earl, what, what's the percentage a buyer can discount the sticker on a new Camry? I try for 20%. Um, I'll, I'll just jump in. We, we had a very similar question last week and we will keep reiterating is don't don't focus on that because there's so much fluff and fees and all that you got to focus on the on the bottom line the out the door price that you would actually write a check for that includes yeah discounts sales tax. discounts vary even on the same model car from dealer to dealer and uh, from time to time it, there's too many variables when you shop discount just you shop absolute price and uh, that way it takes into consideration dealer cash these are uh, undercover uh, redu price reductions you don't know about, and there's customer cash, which sometimes you don't know about those either, and uh, uh, there's also the competitive situation in the marketplace, the time of the month in terms of uh, how frenzied the car salespeople are to sell cars. So uh, forget about disc forget about discounts, forget about invoices. Just go to one thing: the out the door price, and 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 then if you get a a little out the door price. Buy the car then if you if you if you need the car, because next week or next month, uh, that out the door price will vary. Yep, and That's also because because uh, everybody wants to know. We're not being cagey when we don't say this. So I'll give you the actual data. Currently this month, and like Earl just mentioned, there's different incentives. So there's dealer cash that changes month to month. There's also incentives to the dealers, which affects their ability to, that's the stair-step pricing that Earl was talking about. So there's, there's cash that goes directly to the dealer uh, that you'll never see. They get it after the month's over, and uh, that can affect their pricing too. But to answer your question specifically, there is currently on a 2021 Toyota Camry LE, just basically equipped, $26,000 MSRP. It's a 17% markup from dead cost. 
So it's about $4,600 of profit. If, they, if, they, if the dealer sold that car at their absolute cost that they paid for, including all those incentives we talked about, they're going to make about $4,600, and that's a 17% markup. So you're not going to get that 20%. But if you if you try a little harder, you might get close to 19 or 18 <laughs> percent. And that's just the average, uh, yeah. Because you're gonna, you know, you're gonna you're gonna find out that the average profit on a Camry is probably around less than a thousand dollars, maybe less than uh, seven hundred dollars. It's it's a high volume uh, uh, car. It's got uh, doesn't have an availability problem, and uh, it's a very competitive thing. It's a advertised special often. So. $4,600 would be a home run. Yeah, that'd be a very exciting thing for a dealer and a salesperson to get. Okay, let's go over some anonymous feedback. Oh, Nancy's got a collar. I have my finger oh, up. Awesome. Okay, we're gonna, uh, <laughs> we're gonna go out to uh, Kentucky to a regular caller, and that's Michael. Good morning, Michael. Welcome back. Good morning. Thank you. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing fine. I got a couple questions to let you all go. Shoot, go ahead. Is 42,000 miles sort of high on a 2020 Nissan Pathfinder SL? Uh, and it was asking $26,000 for it. I'm sorry about the CVT and the miles. Um, you haven't bought that Pathfinder yet? No, <laughs> I mean, this is go this is going on a year now. <laughs> no, not that long. I know, I'm kidding. I was in Nashville yesterday. Okay, so the question uh, it's, what, was it 2019? You said it's a 2020. 2020. I'm sorry. 42,000 miles, and they're asking how much? They asked 26.4. Okay, I don't know what kind of fees you're dealing with up there. I remember looking this up. You're in the ballpark right there, but what you're going to watch out for is the extras that they'll try and add. Um, you're in Kentucky? Right. Okay, I remember that. Um, I don't know what the dealer fee or the hidden fee situation is up there. Um, I know, what, and you're looking for a very specific one, so like, you know, you're, you're not likely going to have a whole bunch to, to compare them to. Um, I would go, just to make sure that you're seeing the same stuff I am, go on the Kelly Blue Book. It's not an authoritative site, but it does put you in the ballpark. And I, th I remember thinking that you were right in the pocket there at the 26000 uh, The only variable I don't know about are the fees they might try and add, so don't let them do that. And uh, be prepared to walk away if they do, because if you pay those fees, you're, you're paying out of the market for that Pathfinder. And I think, Rick, I'll talk, and on the CVT, don't worry about that at all. Don't even, it's, uh, I mean, we sell Toyotas. Uh, Nissan uses CVT, and they are they're problem free, really. Nissan actually okay. had a CVT out a couple of years before Toyota did, and they've been pretty yeah. bulletproof. Yeah, I mean, so they, they had a few issues here yeah. and there, but no, for the most but part, years, they've been awesome. Yeah, they've had years and years of doing this stuff, so yep. there's not. And we Googled it after we spoke to you before, and you can look for like if you if you problems on a 2020 uh, Pathfinder. If you Google that, there's forums and people are online. There's something wrong with it. People are talking about it. So you look for patterns. And we didn't see any with the CVT, so I think you're in good shape there. Okay. One more time to let y'all go. I used the thing I learned from the book, listen to y'all all the time. But a lot of times, salesmen get mad at me. You know, when they come and meet that stuff, yeah. and I tell them, you know, I always tell them to tell them, and they get mad I at me. I know. But remember what Nancy says. They're not your friend. You're there to get, <laughs> get a good deal for yourself. And you can be friendly. Um, it doesn't mean it has to be confrontational. 
but they're visibly angry, then, you know, that's not, that's a terrible salesperson right there. You know, salesperson, they get lucky sometimes, and sometimes they don't make a big old commission, and they got to grit their teeth and smile and shake your hand anyway, or fist bump you, because we don't shake hands anymore. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Right, what you, a red flag. You got it. Yeah. Thank you. Walk away. Back to That's speak. right. Be prepared to walk. Um, okay. Uh, anonymous feedback. Um, congratulations, Earl, for winning Best Car Dealer in, in the Post Awards. You deserve this every year, and thanks for everything you're doing. Hey, thank you. I was thank very you. excited. Yeah, we, we don't normally pat ourselves on the back, and uh, uh, you brought it up. You know, I think there is a business purpose to, to mentioning that. Uh, for three years in a row, our dealership is one of the best car dealership in Palm Beach County. And uh, I think it speaks to the fact that honesty and transparency uh, sell cars. And uh, we have uh, a whole lot of people that think we have the best car dealership. It was voted on uh, by the public. And yeah, we campaigned for it. A lot of dealers did. A lot of businesses. It was all the different, all retail businesses in Palm Beach County. It's uh, an award by the Palm Beach Post, and uh, it, I, it's, to me, it's encouraging that uh, that we're you're seeing that uh, transparency, honesty, and ethics are being rewarded. So it's uh, it was a, a special honor. We're very very proud of that. Okay. All right, let's jump over to uh, a text here. This is, I don't have a name, um, Kyle. says, good morning, um, Earl and friends. I've gotten dozens of trading quotes over the years of all different types of cars I've owned. Dealers always say you can't go by KBB value, yet whenever they give me the offer of my trade, it's always within a few hundred of on KBB on trade anyways. I know you guys look at auction prices. Wouldn't KBB base their pricing on that too? According to KBB, they get their, their data and they, base, they get their values on, on a bunch of sources, uh, private sales, dealership sales, auction sales, and they use an algorithm to kind of crunch that together. Um, in the past, I would say that KBB was way, way off, um, but it does seem to be closer to real values now. You put in a zip code and it, uh, it'll, it'll calculate based on your local market. Um, I don't think that's always going to be true, and especially when there's a volatile used car market like now, um, uh, it's, it's, it's really tough to figure out. Um, now, Kyle went on to say, I also don't think the increase in used car values are just the chip shortage. But the be, before you get yeah. off the K KBB yeah. thing, uh, this is the second time in a row it's been mentioned by callers. Kelly Blue Book has become an authority, and people look to it. We, we recommend it. We talk about it. It really disturbed me the other day. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, Carmax bought Kelly Blue Book. Hmm. And uh, so here you have a retail, the biggest retail used car dealership in the world, uh, buying uh, a source of information uh, on used cars and reliability and prices. And I'm not saying that there's any collusion going on, but you know the reason I hammer Consumer Reports so much is they would never do that. Consumer Reports never compromises their integrity by buying a company that is out for profit. Uh, I don't care what you say, maybe there's no funny business going on between CarMax and Kelly Blue Book, but there's a suspicion of it. There's yeah, a, I, yeah, that no, doesn't sound good. Doesn't sound good at all. No, no. Um, anyways, but uh, Kyle was saying, is also I don't think the increase is just the chip shortage, is with uh, federal government printing trillions of dollars in short time every more money. And that's that's driving it up. 
Uh, Kyle's correct in the sense that when you know when demand increases, this is simple macroeconomics. Demand increases, prices will go up. Also, when supplies go down, in this case, it's probably it's maybe a combination of both. Certainly with supply, because I'm telling you right now, from our dealership as first-hand experience, we normally stock 200 used cars, and we're stocking 80, 90, and uh, selling them the second we get them. So it's uh, it's uh, definitely a, a supply problem. I think is a little bit more impactful than the the demand increase. Okay, I'm going to interrupt you, Stu. We're going to go to Lantana, where we have our first, uh, our second uh, female caller, and that's Heidi. Uh, good morning, Heidi, and welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars. You just won yourself fifty dollars. Oh, wow! Thank you. Um, I appreciate your radio show. It's very informative. Thank you. What can we do for you this morning? And you don't have to ask a question, Heidi. We just wait. Oh, if you anything on your mind. Um, I have a radio problem with this Prius, where um, it will go on when I first turn it on, and then go off a second later, or five minutes later, or twenty minutes later, and sometimes come back on if I leave the radio on, and just blips in and out. Um, no, I, I've tried, you know turning the car to see if it's maybe a loose wire that I can get reconnected or something. And my husband has changed all the fuses that say audio on them. So I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. What, what year's your Prius? 12. Uh, probably, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's probably the radio head unit itself. And my advice is go to Best Buy or one of the other local places like that and look into the idea of an aftermarket radio. The reason being the factory radio for your car, just the part alone is probably gonna be over $1,000, maybe $1,200. And then there's labor to change it out. If you go to Best Buy for about half that price, they can put in an updated radio that will blend right in perfectly. They have all the the different dash components make it blend in perfectly. And it will actually use all your steering wheel controls and will give you 2021 technology such as Apple CarPlay and Google CarPlay. Rick, before she buys another radio. And you might be the better option there. Before she buys another radio, uh, should she have someone actually check it out? Uh, And, uh, you know, we're going on uh, just maybe there is a problem that could be fixed relatively inexpensive. What would it cost uh, at our dealership or a uh, typical dealership to check the radio out, diagnose the problem so she knows that it is the head? It'd be, for our dealership, it'd be about $100. Uh, some places may charge as much as 150 And really about the only thing they could do is what her husband's already done, check the fuses. Or the other option is simply unbolt the radio and just make sure the plugs are tight in the back. Uh-huh. And as long as those plugs are in solid, then there's really not much else for so diagnosis. For, for that can $100, be done. you might get lucky, Heidi. And uh, if not, then, uh, then of course, a, a yeah. really good radio today would be better than the one that you have in that 2012, and it'd be much cheaper. So you, you have two options there. You might get lucky. 
thank you very much for my options. I love options. Oh, great. And I appreciate you. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. I love options. <laughs> Heidi, thanks so much for calling. Have we answered all your questions? Yes, you have. You've given me something to think about. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, Michael, take your information. I'll get that check out to you. Thanks again. Let me, get, let, me, let me get Best Buy a plug before we get off Best Buy subject. Because Rick loves Best Buy. I love Best Buy. Everybody loves Best Buy. Uh, they're copying Amazon now, and there's going to be a Best Buy Prime. And it's a lot of money. But for 200 bucks uh, a year, you have unlimited uh, Geek Squad. Anything goes wrong with your electronics, they will not only uh, fix it, uh, they will uh, help you set up new purchases. Uh, uh, it is absolutely, it eliminates the the guy or the gal that doesn't understand high-tech stuff, which is most of us, and you buy something, and for, as long as you'll pay $200 a year, uh, you will never have to pay anybody to fix anything that you bought from Best Buy. D does that include stuff you bought somewhere else? No, no, no. Oh, only stuff you bought from Best Buy? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Uh, Boy, because I was thinking, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Huh. I mean, the question is, will it work? It isn't yeah. available in all states now. It's only available in a few states. But they've started the program, and they're expanding it. So. Yeah. Very cool. That's a heck of an idea. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, we got some anonymous feedback. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to Bob. Oh. Uh, and and uh, he's calling from Delray. Good morning, Bob. Hi there. Good morning, all. Um, I wanted to tell you that I joined up as one of your village vigilantes as soon as you announced it, and I was Great. surprised that I didn't get more phone calls. But I did get a call from a young man, I believe it was in South Carolina, uh, inquiring about a Mazda. And it was really a pleasure helping him through the process. He had already gotten a lot of information from you, but I think he just needed a voice on the other end of the phone. Okay. And I, as I said, I just wanted to mention that it was nice to be able to offer that assistance. So well, Bob, thank you. We're going to send you a copy of Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer, and uh, we're oh. going to make that a tradition. Anytime we get a report like that from one of our vigilantes to show our appreciation, it's an autograph copy. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, I'm you're sorry, welcome. But that's okay. Is there, any, is there any other questions, Bob? No, no, I just want no questions. I voice my opinion. Oh, great. Thank you. We love Thank you opinions, much. definitely. Thank you for calling and give us a call again. 877-960-9960. And, uh, you know, I, I have to say something real quick about uh, used cars. You know, I got a couple of questions this past week about selling a used car and uh, the consumer you know really needs to take into consideration that that's gold and you don't have to take that car into the dealership you can go to three or more different places and like i said it's gold and you can get the highest price for that used car everyone's looking for one and uh, if that's not enough you know how i love consumer report well april edition uh, has the best used cars for under $20,000. Can you believe that? So if you need a used car, now is the time to purchase. Now back to Stu. Okay. Anonymous feedback here. It says, I read that the semiconductor shortage will last well into 2022. How are you faring with inventory, and how long does Toyota anticipate the shortage affecting its dealers and customers? 
So, well, it's affecting, that's for sure. Our inventories uh, in new cars is as low as, they, as they've ever been. Um, um, but Toyota is assured us that we will start to see this thing start to relieve in the summer. So that's a few months for us. Um, the rest of the industry um, and other industries will, um, I read the same thing, that throughout the rest of the year we'll be facing shortages. And I'm sure Earl can weigh in on that because he's addicted to CNBC. Well, it's like anything else. Uh, <laughs> the, the reaction always overreacts. Pretty soon we'll be up to our eyeballs and microcircuits, and uh, there'll be too many of them. And uh, pretty soon there'll be an excess supply of vehicles, and there'll be prices will drop like a rock. So, you know, uh, if you want a, a advice uh, as far as buying, I wouldn't buy right now. I, I'd sit back and wait, especially on used cars. I think that market is going to turn around. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the same thing with new cars. If you, it's a seller's market today. The dealers are getting rich. Uh, the used car dealers are getting rich. The new car dealers are getting rich and the price per car is higher than it's ever been. And uh, if you have to have a car, just be real careful. Shop and compare. Only thing, you're gonna pay a higher price for a car today. You just don't want to pay one that's a lot higher than everybody else is paying. And so especially, especially if you're paying more than a new one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. Well, uh, Stu? Yep, uh, we have another anonymous feedback here. It says, um, Oh, I think we can help this person. This is sounds like an easy one. Earl frequently mentions that if you want to check multiple areas with Costco car, uh, car buying service, um, because when I log in, it automatically picks the local dealers, and I don't see a way to enter an alternate zip code. As you know, when you start the selection process, dealers are mo notified immediately, and the game begins. That's true. Well, Costco will help you. If you call the 800 number, they can help you. You don't even have to mess around online. Um, and I'm, I'm a little confused. So when you go to costcoauto.com, the first thing that comes up should be a box with a zip code where you identify your location. But if that's not coming up, maybe it's a computer or browser issue. Uh, I believe on that first page there's an 800 number, and uh, you can contact them. There's definitely a contact. Yeah, there is right here. 1-800-755-2519. And just say, hey, listen, I want to find a dealer in this area. or this, And they'll, they'll do it for you. So they're really easy to deal with. And that, that will solve yeah, that there, problem there, for there you. are a lot of people that commute. They work in one area. They live in another area. Costco understands that. And we've, we've done it in the past. We've done it ourselves to uh, try to shop, mystery shop Costco. So, yeah, it's not easy to get uh, different dealers at Costco. As you say, they make it a little <laughs> harder. But you can get around it by calling them. Right, I got an interesting text here. This might be an interesting conversation. We'll wrap it up soon because we have the mystery shopping report coming up. It says, are salespeople more likely to acquiesce to the negotiation tactics of someone who they perceive as physically strong versus physically weak? What customers are salespeople most intimidated by? Um, I, you know, there probably is a subconscious um, uh, feeling of intimidation with a larger person. So I, I would say, yeah, that's a natural reaction to a big, imposing-looking person. Um, I, but I will tell you... Except for big, dumb people. Huh? Maybe. Big, big dumb people. <laughs> they don't care. It doesn't work. They get in trouble all the time. Yeah. But um, you know, this uh, is what uh, customers or salespeople most intimidated by. And I'll tell you, I said, what, who are most intimidated by are the shrewd negotiating types. We, the, everybody has a character. So the uh, Earl uses uh, the, you know, the high-powered negotiating uh, attorney. Those are, that's who intimidates people. Uh, salespeople are not intimidated by people who they perceive as weak from a negotiating standpoint, a young person, a minority, an, old, an older person, someone who doesn't speak English as a first language, anybody where they sense weakness there, 
Um, but the, the person that comes in with a stack of research and folders yeah, and all exactly. that, uh, they, they tremble. And as a matter of fact, no. and oftentimes they might even cut to the chase and give you a better deal just because they don't want to deal with your negotiating. Yeah, <laughs> so, right? so, knowledge is power, ladies right. and gentlemen. You don't have to work out to intimidate a salesperson. You, just gotta be, you have to have knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> knowledge. Knowledge is power. That's right. And uh, let's see. I think I have a couple more. We can wrap it up. Uh, this may seem, sound like a stupid question, uh, but could you guys not take your new cars at dead cost and sell them as profit as used cars, or is that not extreme? You're a genius, because guess what? Um, that does happen, but there's a little bit of an issue. Um, when you sell, when, once you, uh, a new car is reported as sold to the manufacturer, it can't be sold as a used car um, for a period of time, and it's 120 days. So if it's registered before that, any incentives that the dealer earned on that car gets charged back, it's taken away from them. So um, they can, but the th problem is you have to let the car sit there for a few months, and who knows what the market's gonna be like in three months. Um, we buy new cars for our used car inventory in small little handfuls here and there, and we do that, and we st the cars lose their value over time, and then we sell them recoup the profit. That's a little complicated, but it does get done. Good on you for, for figuring that out. Year, years ago, when Prius first came out, and it really caught on, and it was high su demand, low supply, Priuses were going for crazy money. Dealers were marking Priuses up back in, was it 2010, 2011? This was, that, well, that was the first wave. The big wave was 2006, 2007, yeah. insane. So they were marking the dealer uh, thousands of dollars, and they were auctioning them off, actually. Yep. So they were paying way over MSRP. And uh, we ran a, a, a Prius through the auction just to see what dealers would pay yeah. for it. And it cost, we, we were able to well, wholesale. We did a lot of that. Yeah, So what, we were able to tell customers that were, had just recently bought Priuses, maybe yeah. three or four months ago. We said, listen, we'll give you what you paid for your Prius, including all the sales tax, and get a brand new one. And then we take that trade-in that we paid yeah. Uh, f you know, full list, everything, and then we take those to the auction and, and make a couple of thousand on each one. Yeah. It was really crazy. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what, a, what a plan. That was the era, that was the Prius era. That was when uh, Prius was king, and uh, and then we were the, we were king of the Priuses. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think we're all uh, caught up. Uh, I'm all caught up. Uh, uh, Rick, do you have uh, any YouTubes down there? Uh, not at the moment. Um, okay. We're, however, we're going to go on on Negan where his question about the Carfax thing I just said I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna do a little experiment I'm gonna pull a Carfax on my own vehicle and then I'm gonna buy a part a body part that might be considered something that could be damaged in a small minor accident and then wait a couple weeks and then I'm gonna do another Carfax we'll see if that if anything comes up with that I'm there, gonna play with that a little bit there you go uh, ladies and gentlemen uh, we're not taking any more phone calls because we are getting ready to go to the mystery shop. We went to Off Lease Only in West Palm Beach, and uh, we've been there before, and it's an interesting mystery shopping report, and uh, that's why I ask you to go ahead and vote on the mystery shopping report, because you are an important part of the show. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Well, Off Lease, as Stu mentioned earlier in the show, they're, they're pretty cool. Uh, uh, dealership. There are used cars, and uh, it's unusual to see a large volume used car, I mean really large volume, come from such, uh, well when they started out they had a rotten little lot on, was it Lake Worth Road I yeah. think, yeah. and it, it was just a, a scuffy place and lousy building and 
dirty cars and you know, packed in there, and it was almost a joke. We, we used to laugh at them. And suddenly, uh, somebody figured out what was going on, and uh, now it's grown into a huge, huge uh, used car dealership. They're actually outselling the biggest of all used car, CarMax, in this area. They don't sell more cars than CarMax nationally, obviously, because CarMax has so many different outlets. But uh, they're, they're big now. They have four locations, off-lease only, uh, West Palm, Orlando, Fort Lauderdale, and Miami. And uh, they sell thousands of used vehicles every month. They, they dominate uh, franchise new car dealers, used cars, and independents. And they're, they're amazing. H. Greg, they outsell them. So for a private, now they're not private anymore because uh, Mark Fisher, who founded it, and you got to give credit to this guy. He's like the Mark Zuckerberg or the Jeff Bezos of the used car world. He, he came and started out with just a little bitty store and he's turning it into, I can easily see them being bigger than CarMax one day. They have the formula, they're the Walmart of used cars. Nobody figured this out except Mark, I give him credit. And, uh, and Mrs. Fisher. And, yeah, and, yes. uh, exactly, and Mrs. Fisher. Thanks, Stu. So, uh, around the, the, the time we last shopped off lease only, we actually had its founder, that was Mark I was just talking about, as a guest on the show, yeah. uh, he called in. We discussed off-lease only's business model, and, uh, and and including the sale of damaged vehicles. Now, counterintuitively, that is the secret to their success. They realized a long time ago, before anybody else even thought about it, that just because a car had quote-unquote uh, uh, frame damage—that was the term in the industry. He didn't touch it. It was like a leper. Oh, that car's got frame damage. Don't buy it. Don't retail it. You'll get sued. Frame damage. Well, it turns out, first of all, there's no frames anymore. Think, uh, cars had become unibody without the frame. And so the damage to a unibody can be bad or it can be nothing. And it can be fixed and the car is perfectly good. And so Mark Fisher figured that out with Awfully Sony. And he'd go to the auction when all the other car dealers are passing. They don't want to bid on these cars. They don't want to buy, and they don't want to trade them in. So he's buying these cars hand over fist, and he knows that they're safe, and nobody else realizes it. So that's how he got his foot in the door. Now more and more people are starting to come up with it. But he, even CarMax, or Carfax, I should say, hasn't caught up with this, and they oftentimes will mention cars that have frame damage as if it was something really, really bad. Well, it can be, but not necessarily. Anyway, uh, here we are, and uh, we talked uh, with Mark about the dealer fee in Florida. That was another thing that we re respect and admire about them. And they fought this. They tried to. Their legal team was trying to get the dealer fee fixed in Florida, and uh, at a at a low rate. Uh, they he never dreamed that they, they could have it eliminated, and uh, uh, he, Mark felt that he was charging a three hundred ninety nine dollar pre delivery charge, and it was okay and a $99 tag agency for fee, and said, that's okay. So we let them slide on it. We don't like it. Uh, we don't think if you're gonna have a, a, a hidden fee, dealer fee, call it what you will, uh, it should be included in the advertised price of the car. Why separate it? Well, we know why it's separated, so you can increase your profit. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of controversy for Mark's interview on the show, and um, we are still getting calls, and. 
criticisms. A lot of the dealers out there, because uh, off-lease only has become such a factor now in the used car market, they're trying to assassinate them. And I think some of these anonymous feedbacks we're getting on, on uh, off-lease only are other dealers that are jealous because they are selling so many used cars. Uh, off-lease only in all of our previous messages. Hey, you skipped. Uh, what I skipped? The pre previous paragraph. Uh, oh yeah, well, I just talked about the unibody damage does not necessarily mean anything. And uh, uh, that's uh, uh, something that you need to check out because it'll, even, even the Carfax report will give you how serious it is. It'll, it'll say serious, but it might not be. People truly don't understand. Take your car to a qualified technician, preferably a collision repair shop, but any technician should be able to look at a car and say, yes, this has unibody damage, but it's nothing that's going to affect the performance of the car. Uh, uh, so we, we, we gave them a pretty good score. Uh, we, uh, uh, we, uh, another thing he slipped up on, mentioned in the report here, is the Takata airbag, but just about everybody's slipping up on the Takata airbag, and we don't even talk about it on this show anymore. Uh, we have so many other recalls. Can't, can't find them anymore. Uh, yeah, and there's so many other recalls that are ignored. Why pick on the Takata airbag? Uh, so anyway, uh, as I say, we have a B on the good dealer, bad dealer list.com, and I guess that's about the highest, one of the highest scores for any used car lot. We still recommend off-lease only. Um, what we did this time is we looked for a 2017 BMW, 330i that we found that had a damage, and uh, it was reported uh, damage on the Carfax a vehicle history report. In addition to the accident, the Carfax also reported that the, the seller uh, disclosed a structural damage based on the results of visual inspection. So structural and uh, frame, and this is all the, the, the buzzwords that people talk about that, again, can or cannot be serious. You just don't know. There should be a more definitive measure of what damage is serious. Well, that's why the next coming up with the company yeah, that they exactly. use is very important. Yeah, but this uh, true frame is not something the public is aware of, and they don't use it, and we don't talk about it on the show, except we're talking about it right now. But tr true frame uh, is a report that does a thorough job on inspecting a car as to whether or not there is uh, how bad the, da the body damage is. Um, this particular true frame report identified previous damage that was repaired. It also had a certificate of inspection, but nothing that stated that the vehicle was sound and free of issues related to the prior damage. Well, yeah, so what I, the reason I brought up is because I got confused. The true frame issues a certificate when they, they bless it as being structurally sound. Yeah. And um, we couldn't figure out if this was a good or a bad report. It did identify some of the damage on the car, um, but it didn't have the, like, TrueFrame has a thing called Certificate of Integrity, and that wasn't on this report. Yeah, actually it was, Stu, and I, I've got it. Certificate I, I, I of, 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 of Inspection. Yeah, no, no, they mentioned, if you read the fine print, uh, it, it says on the Certificate of Inspection uh, that it is a certi Certificate of Integrity. It's in the front print, which I don't know why they did that, but... Okay, they, yeah, they changed it, because it used to be the headline was certificate. Exactly, exactly. Maybe so it was that they were going too far with that, and they said, well, they can't really 
say yeah. that, but yeah. they're saying they've inspected it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it says here, uh, the has conferred upon this vehicle certificate of That's integrity, good. and the title is certificate of inspection. inspection. So yeah. they just changed the title, and it's still it's confusing, confusing to us, and we're professionals, confusing to the consumers. Uh, so. Uh, Work needs to be done there. Well, what concerned me, and I don't want to give any too much away, was that that would be a great tool for this dealership to really show that to the customers. And it wasn't mentioned by the salesperson, yeah. as you'll find out as we get into the shopping yeah. report. And yeah. what, what a great tool to justify that that damage was exactly as you said, yeah. inconsequential yeah. to the ownership of the car. Salesperson probably didn't see it either. I mean, I just. Yeah. Um, I called ahead to make off. Uh, I'm speaking as if I were Agent Lightning now, our female shopper. I called ahead to make sure all fleets only still had uh, the BMW I was targeting. I spoke with Jessica, who was also able to confirm that it was available. She saw, asked if I could hold for a salesperson who could have the car ready for me when I arrived. I agreed, and a moment later, um, Marcelo was on the line. We agreed on a 9.30 a.m. appointment, and Marcelo said that he had the car ready for me. I arrived at 9.30 on the dot, parked, walked inside the sales building, Everyone wore masks. I give him a plus for that. It was immediately greeted by a woman who asked if I had an appointment. I said Marcello was expecting me. Another salesperson overheard and said that Marcello was out back getting a car ready for a guest. I said that was me that he's getting that ready for, and he offered to lead me back to find him. Started to follow him, but Marcello showed up, and uh, we introduced ourselves. He said the car was ready, parked out back with his first question was unexpected. He asked me if I'd seen the Carfax report. That's a good sign. Online. I said I hadn't. Marcelo took me over to a computer, said he was going to review the vehicle history report with me. Looking at the computer screen, he, mar he remarked that their price was much lower than KBB, Kelly Blue Book value. And uh, again, I mentioned earlier that uh, car, you know, Carf Carfax, the retail store. Carmax. Carmax, <laughs> retail store. Uh, Somebody ought to change their names, one or the other one. I don't know which one, but anyway. Uh, CarMax, uh, the retail store, bought Kelly Blue Book. And that's uh, worrisome. Uh, as I said, it probably had been an accident at some point. Marcello pulled up the Carfax report, quickly pointed out the accident and damage report from 2017. He showed me on the diagram where the damage had occurred and marked it was just a small accident and really shouldn't be a problem. Marcello moved on to highlight other parts of the report, like the fact that the car only had one owner. Then he asked if I would still see it, take it for a test drive. I said, of course. We walked out to the car. Marcello handed me the key. He asked for my license and insurance card, said he'd be right back and return with a form for me to sign, accepting responsibility for damage to the vehicle. I spoke to, I, I took the car out myself, but before I could, I had a security checkpoint to get through. I had to pull up to a security guard who scanned my driver's license and asked me to present the signed test drive form. And I did, and then I had to wait as someone else attached a license plate to the rear of the car. All that for a 10-minute test drive. Well, it's, uh, you know, every now and then people steal cars and they wreck cars, so they're being careful. I returned, parked, found Marcello. He asked me how my test drive was, and I said I really liked the car. He asked if I was ready to move forward so he could get the final numbers for me. We went over to his desk. He sat down. Marcello went through some qualifying questions. 
like whether I was paying cash or financing, I said, I had pre-approval from Capital One, that's a bank. Marcello said, I need to get that letter uh, for him. He went over the numbers, printed on a worksheet, the top line purchase price was 20999 same as the online price. Okay, here we go, oh, 499 not 399 as it was uh, eight months ago, 499 pre-delivery service charge, uh, and there's also a $99 uh, pre uh, was an electronic, yeah, a tag agency fee. And one that, one, uh, that isn't mentioned here, and you wouldn't find out till later, I saw it on the form, another $20 charge for a temporary tag. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's just the cost of the dealership. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a yeah. fee. I think there is part of it. I think that goes to uh, the state, but I'll, I'll look into that. Uh, it, it could be legit. Yeah, t temporary tags are something the dealer elects to buy, not you. Yeah. And uh, a dealer doesn't have to put a temporary tag on a car. Uh, you know, he uh, doesn't he, even have to do the tag work for you. Exactly. So any any cost, uh, a dealer also has to pay a commission. The dealer has to pay his light bill. The dealer has to pay his phone bill, but he doesn't. The dealer doesn't have to charge you for that and add it to the advertised price of the car. So hidden fees, dealer fees, whatever you want to call them, they are profit, and they are cost to the dealer, which should be borne by him. You know, cost that you pay for is profit. So profit is profit, any way you look at it, and it all should be included into the price that you pay and are told about or it's advertised. So this is $600 dealer fees, it's a little over $600 in dealer fees. That's a little troublesome. Troubled Stu and me uh, that these dealer fees are creeping up and um, there's something that should be confronted. I, I say the same thing to JM Lexus. They have a very small dealer fee and I talked to the general manager there, he's uncomfortable with it too. Um, if you advertise no hidden fees as Car as uh, off lease only does, uh, you should not have no hidden fee. What is a hidden fee? A hidden fee is something that's added to the expected price, the price that you recorded or advertised. Uh, Marcel asked me what I thought. I said I was, uh, it looked great, and I asked if the price was negotiable. He said no, and assured me that it was a great deal. He reminded me that the car was still under factory warranty, and that I could return it for a full, you just hit me ahead with a microphone, Stu. Ah, you're making me mad. Thank you very much. Whack you in the head. Yeah, let me, uh. You're getting farther from the microphone, we couldn't Yeah, you? I understand that, but I, uh. Okay, uh, uh, he said he had to get it cleaned up. I said that it would be okay because I needed to run home and get the Capital One letter. I'd forgotten it, that was my excuse. We agreed that I would call him back before it came. Uh, I also cautioned Everything may have to wait until the next day because I have some appointments coming up. So here's uh, here we are in the epilogue. Uh, a lot of worrisome things there. Uh, I think uh, we're worried about the dealer fee creeping up. Uh, I'm worried about uh, the fact that uh, I have a full-page ad I saw in the Palm Beach Post a week ago. That's when I asked that we uh, shop off lease only. And then the full-page ad in the Palm Beach Post uh, the dealer fee was in the fine print, um, practically unreadable. In fact, it was unreadable. I literally had to use a magnifying glass on the actual ad to read it. Now, my eyes maybe aren't as good as they once were, but uh, when you have fees, they should be clearly displayed 
first of all, you shouldn't have the fee. But if you're going to have the fee, don't hide it and include it in all of your advertising and your quotes. Uh, so that, that, that was troublesome, too. The way they advertise, and they say no hidden fees. In the advertisement, the big part of the ad, they say no hidden fees. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. There's a hidden fee of something you add to the price that the customer didn't expect to pay. Uh, at any rate, we did talk about the True Frame report, mm -hmm. and there was some confusion over that. True Frame changed the name, and there was an integrity, and there was an inspection report, and uh, this was an inspection report, but it said it was the integrity report and in, in the fine print on the guarantee. Yeah. So I uh, shame on them. I think they should call it what they've been calling it. And, and Marcelo, if you're listening, that's a great tool. Use that with all your customers. Yeah. I mean, it's better than just your word. You said, hey, it's probably not a big deal, and it turns out it wasn't a yeah. big deal. But you got something to back you up. You're going to sell more cars if you use it. Yeah. For all I know, Marcelo's selling 75 cars a month. <laughs> I have no idea what he's doing. Yeah. You can yeah. always sell more. Exactly. So there we have it. We're coming to the vote now, yep. and all we, of you can vote, and we're getting online votes. Yeah, we got. they're coming in. Guy gives them um, a C plus, mainly because of the fees. That's why he's not giving them anything higher. But otherwise, it's good. Linda, a little tough there, uh, gives, gives off lease only a D. Jonathan Wellington, who is, I would venture to say, almost as brutal as Linda is, and he gives them a C, says they initially sounded reputable, uh, but then he didn't like the numerous hidden fees, and I, we, we're, I think we're all on the same page. And then Mark's uh, says straightforward, informative, and company gives them a B. Um, I'm going to say I would have given them a higher than a C um, before, but their the the amount of their hidden fees is now rivaling a South Florida average, so they get an average score for me. I'm going to give off lease only a C. Rick, I've got Mark from St. Louis with a C minus for creeping up dealer fees. Tim, dealer fees strike again, C plus. Mark Smith, C minus. And for me, I'm going with the C minus, not because of the amount of the dealer fees, but the fact they say they don't have them, and they do. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that was, uh, to me, uh, I'm going to lower their score from a B to a C because of the fact that they, uh, uh, they're, they're, if, you have, if you have fees, uh, we'll let you slide. But when you say you don't have fees and you do have fees, then that's not, that's not acceptable. Uh, so, Mark, I hope you're listening. Uh, you've got my number. I've got your number. Uh, if I don't hear from you, I'll call you. And I, I'll refer to that. You probably didn't even see the ad. I mean, uh, Mark is not active day to day now, and uh, hopefully you still have some influence, Mark Fisher, on how off-lease advertises because, you know, it's still your store. It's your baby. I know you feel like you created this, and it's quite a, uh, an accomplishment. I don't think you want your name tarnished. And I've also got Wayne coming in with a B minus. Very kind of generous on this part, I think. Uh, I'm going to give. The, uh, I'm going to give. Bell signal the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> the gong. <laughs> there you go. Hey, um, I'm going to give them a D. And the reason twenty dollar temp tag, please. In these troubling times, uh, let's take care of uh, these people that come in and respect you and want to buy a car at your place. Thank you so much, all of you, for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. And we'll be right back here next week at the same time. Have a wonderful weekend.